hey, you're listening to Chew on That. And here's what we're chewing on today. Saying like, why are you even talking about people looking at the bright side? You're not even doing that. You're critical and calloused, sarcastic and cynical. But you know what? I'm not having it. I'm neither critical nor calloused. I'm not sarcastic or cynical. Just because someone wants to say something doesn't mean I need to hear it. Just because someone wants to speak death over me doesn't mean I need to lie down in my grave. So rather than spin, I struggle. And the struggle is what gives me strength. Scripture tells us God's grace is all we need. His power is greatest when we're weak. So what our enemy intended to use to distract us, derail us, or destroy us has just opened the door for God to deliver us. Hey, hi, welcome to Shoe on That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig into, talk about, I don't know, pull things apart from uh, the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church of Your Band. And in that case, uh, it's the sermon series, The Bright Side. Today, uh, my very special guest is my friend, Trish Franco. Say hi, Trish. Hello. Not a lot of people know Trish. I don't feel like, well, that's not as well as they should. I feel like that's what I feel like. I feel like not a lot of people know you enough. And so maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am uh, been at Life Church for about six and a half years and I'm a school bus driver. And I also train new drivers that come in um, to our facility and get them ready to go. Um, Been a single mom for quite a while. Four kids, two boys, two girls. And um, they're all young adults. I got one that's 27, so he kind of makes me feel a little old. Mm. But um, So, yeah, he actually, he just took off on Saturday. He went back into the regular army. So um, there was a few tears on Saturday. But at the same time, I'm very um, excited for him because he's just one of those that he's going to be a lifer. Oh, so, that's awesome. You yeah. must be a proud mom. Yes, very much. And, so, and then your youngest just graduated high school? She did. She did. And where's she going to college? Um, right now, she is just working at uh, the festival that's uh, close to our house, working oh, yeah. in the bakery. Um, so I train drivers, right? Yeah. Um, but tr- uh, trying to get your last child driving, um, and when you're a lot alike, mm. Um yeah, we butt heads a lot. So oh. long story short, she doesn't have a driver's license yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so right now she's just kind of at festival and gotcha. figuring things out gotcha. and stuff, which is okay too. Yep. And then also tell me about your involvement with uh, Journey to Wholeness. So I have been um, in Journey to Wholeness. Oh my gosh. I just remember participating participating in Balanced Heart and Mind. Um, that was like the first group. I think that was the first life group I took when I mm. came to came to uh, Life Church, and it was just such a uh, just such an amazing group because it 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 opened up my eyes to things that um, needed to be dealt with, um, and then as time has gone on, you know, it's like balanced heart and mind grew bigger and bigger, and mm-hmm. then it morphed into what we now call uh, journey to wholeness. So I am have been facilitating this. Uh, since the get-go, and I just absolutely love it. Um, I love running across people. They start talking about things, and I'm like, hey, you should take Journey to Wholeness. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a Journey to Wholeness pusher. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a great program. Everybody, everybody needs to do it. Yeah, for sure, because if, if you ever grew up, <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. you need Journey to Wholeness. Yes, you know, yes. Because, like, I mean, it's not like you need to be you know, the, what you feel is like a victim or someone like, like in trouble or at the end of your rope to be in journey to wholeness that like, if you grew up, mm-hmm. you need journey to wholeness. Cause there's things that happened, right. That like, you're still, your head's still trying to make sense of, or mm-hmm. your heart's still trying to make yes. sense of, and you're just operating on a on misinformation, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And even for myself, as every time I'm getting close to a group coming up, um, and even though I've walked through this process many times, there's still parts of the layers, uh, uh, still parts of the onion that are getting yeah. peeled. Yeah. And even just a couple of weeks ago, um, God just brought some stuff forward uh, from me from like when I was like two or three years old mm. that I needed to grieve and I needed to heal. It was a Saturday morning and I'm just crying all morning. But uh, after it was done, it, it's just like... 
you, you feel like you've made another step forward um, and that God loves you that much that he's just going to still keep working at you. Yeah. No matter what. No matter he, what. he doesn't stop. He continues pushing you forward. And I just I just love that. Even though sometimes it's hard when we have to go through those things, um, the the relief, the healing that you get from it is just hmm. no words. Yeah. No words. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. You can find out more about Journey to Wholeness by visiting J, the letter J, the number two wholeness.org. I think. Yes. I don't I think it's dot so com. Too. I think it's dot org. It's dot org, yes. Yes. So j2wholeness.org uh, to get more information. You can also listen to the whole podcast, which is uh, a production of Journey to Wholeness, where we take every episode and just kind of like break down, you know, sort of ideas mm-hmm. like shame or disappointment or anger or resentment and just kind of just talk about those things for a little bit. So those are super beneficial as well if you want to get a taste. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, for sure. And, and the, the great thing is my son, I said he left on Saturday. He had to drive to Fort Campbell. I got a text from him uh, Sunday morning. He's, did I make a mistake? Because now all of a sudden he's got a quarantine from two mm. weeks because he's, he's coming from Wisconsin. And I'm like, no, you got to give yourself a chance. You just made a great life move. So uh, you've got to grieve that. And I was here, I'm the, 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 the mom that's too much sometimes. I'm, yeah. I'm sending him all the, or the, the, the whole podcast links. <laughs> listen to this, listen to this. this is, while you're in quarantine, this yeah. will be perfect for you right yeah. now. So yes. The whole podcast is phenomenal. Good, good. All right, let's jump into uh, Sean's message from Sunday, and let's listen to that first soundbite right now. I think there are two distinctly different types of people in the world. First, people who let their environment influence their enthusiasm, and second, people who let their enthusiasm influence their environment. Pastor Sonny would say it like this. There are thermometers and there are thermostats. Thermometers let what's going on around them dictate the mood and spirit of their lives, while thermostats use their enthusiasm to influence their environment and the mood of the people around them. So I love that. Like I remember Sonny saying the thermostat thermometer thing uh, years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I remember like having never heard that before. I don't know if she coined the phrase. I don't know like how much credit she gives, but I love that idea. I love... You know, thinking of it that way, because I never thought of it that way. I just assumed everyone was a thermometer, right? Everyone just kind of reflected what they happened. And then I realized that there are people, positive people and and negative people, Mm -hmm. you know, they can walk into a room and either brighten the room or kill the room. And so those are thermostats. And so I love the idea of trying to be like a positive thermostat to be an enthusiastic thermostat. You Abs- know? Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like you're like a positive thermostat. I feel like you're a, a positive energy when you walk into a space. That was something that I wasn't at one time. Um, I think I was more, I, that, that person who could, um, let that negativity, um, get to me. Uh, be that negative person Um, and I think part of my journey has been switching from being the person who sets the temper or the the person that's all to the person that like hey you know all this chaos is going on around me it's okay we're we're gonna get through this Um, and and you know where if something would break or in the house and you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh now it's like it's okay it's okay. I've got the plumbers coming this afternoon because yeah. the hot water thing is uh, in the bathtub's not working. It's okay. Um, I think for me, even like when it comes to uh, training or even leading a journey to wholeness group, sometimes you can kind of feel like, um, you know, the people around you, even it maybe in your head it's going wrong, but you want to be able to be that one that's calm. Um, somebody has a crisis in your life in their life you want to be that person that uh, they come to you to talk to you because they know that you're going to be that calming person they're going to I'm going to listen to them and they can feel comfortable knowing that um, they can talk to me and it's not going to be I'm not going to go at them I'm going to sit and listen to them Um, I think another thing that when it comes to like when I like I said I train new drivers so my thing for them is I always say to them there are no dumb questions I want them to feel comfortable coming to me and asking me something while we're in training even if it even if it just seems like "Ah, this is just really dumb 
if you don't ask the question, you don't know, mm. you don't get the answer. So for me, I like to be able to set that tone um, with, with the people that I'm working with, the people that I'm um, around. I want to be that comfortable person that people can come to yeah. at, on anything. Yep. There's not anything you can't tell me I haven't already heard that's going to put this shock of the disbelief on my face. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's another thing too. You want, you know, you, you know, people are going to come give you their stuff. And so you have to be, you can't just go, Oh my God. No, you've got to be, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. Let's yeah. let's talk about it and see what we can what what we, what we can do. And I feel like in in today's world, it goes beyond just being how you light up a room or how you bring down a room, but mm-hmm. it, it can also, in today's world, be something like what you do on in social media, right? Like I feel Correct. like there are thermostats on social media as well. Mm-hmm. There are people that are insightful, not insightful like in a good way, mm-hmm. like full of insight, but people who incite other people, Correct. right? People that try to spread hate, people that mm-hmm. try to spread negativity, people that try to like get people to rally around being mad, mm-hmm. you know, that there are plenty of those people, you know, on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever, you know, and I, I feel like we can be a positive or enthusiastic person there as well. In fact, I feel like <clears throat> that there's almost because it's so easy to be one way or another on social media that it's almost more important to be like super positive with what we post because like that word gets out and people can share it and people can like it. And when people like it, then other people see it. And then like, and the same thing happens with hate. And so like Mm -hmm. it proliferates so much faster than even a room. A room is like the 20 people other than the room, right? Facebook is like all the people. Just read the comments. Right. You know? And so like, why would I not be out there spreading joy and love mm-hmm. and kindness and goodness because that's what Jesus told me to do in as far as I could reach to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I can do that onesie twosies and I do do that onesie twosies, but I also feel like I'm responsible to do that in the tensies, twentiesies, right? Like, and like, and like, just be good and be kind, you know? And so like, why would you ever want to be known as the person that's like always mad on Facebook? Why would you want to be that person? Why would you not want to be the person that's like, I just love your posts. Like whenever I feel like I just want to give up, I look at your post and I'm like, oh, he's right, la, la, la. Like why would you not want that? Right, right. You know? uh, to me, I think it's very important, you know, even for my own personal Facebook, when I post stuff, I mean, I really think about what I'm posting. Um, and there are times I want to post stuff and I choose not to because mm-hmm. I know it could how it could go. Um, we just had the election, right? So my 18-year-old daughter voted for the first time. So we went to Mike's Bake Shop afterwards. We got a cookie for each mm. presidential candidate, yep. and we took a picture. You know, we're smiling, and it was a we get to vote. It's yeah. this country so great, we get to go vote. And she was a little worried about where that was going to go. Mm. And and honestly, I was a little worried how where it was going to go too. Yeah. And, and, and my post wasn't like, well, I voted for this guy and, and I voted for this guy. It was, we live in such a great country that we get to vote. doesn't matter who you voted for, but we get to vote. So that was kind of one of those iffy ones where it's like, you wasn't too sure which way it was going to go. And it did, I mean, there wasn't any negative comments mm. or anything like that. So um, I am very mindful um, about what I post. Um, there are times though sometimes where somebody will post something or you start to type mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, no, erased. Yep. It's, yeah. it, it's not, it's not worth it. Um, and I don't want to create the illusion that everything is hunky dory in my life all the time because it's not, it's, we all have stuff, but I, I do think that, um, what we post, um, we should encourage people, share journey to wholeness, um, things from the Facebook, uh, from the journey to wholeness Facebook page to my page, um, getting people um, encouragement. Um, I had somebody that I've been talking to from LC downtown that, hey, you know, you should you should look into doing this. And there was a post that I shared from Journey to Wholeness last week. And this person said, yeah, I really need to look into this because Mm. they took the time to read the post that I shared. Right. And said, yeah, I really I think I really need to do this. So that's what I want to do. I don't. 
I, I don't want this. Well, I'm for this guy and I'm for that guy. Uh, I, I don't even want to bring that into the mix. Yeah. It's it's be life giving, encouraging to people. That's it. Because we need it. Yes. We need it. Yeah, the world desperately needs it. Yes. Because then he says, my dear brothers and sisters, and I love this line, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord because you know that nothing you do for God is ever useless. And so enthusiasm transforms mundane things into meaningful things. It's why scripture tells us whatever you do, In other words, if you're mowing yards or waiting tables, if you're a stay-at-home parent or a CEO, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart because you're working for the Lord, not for people. So enthusiasm isn't a product of our environment. It's a posture of our hearts. On the way uh, to do the show, um, I was listening to sports radio. I listen to sports radio a lot. Mm -hmm. And just recently, locally, one of the local stations picked up um, Milwaukee Sports Radio, and they they do a really nice job on their show. Anyway, and so one of the radio hosts has like the at the end of every every segment has like I don't know, like a positive thought right mm-hmm. or whatever. And so he talked about switching our minds from get to from have to mm-hmm. right. And I thought that's just so funny because this is like sports talk radio. Like they're not supposed to be talking about this kind of stuff because this is stuff that we talk about, right, right. right. This is actually a very life church kind of language, but I feel like. So much changes when we adopt that. It's more than just a clever turn of phrase. That it's a matter of saying different words because the, in that case, the words will change our hearts. We talk often about how the words on our lips are the reflection of what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. But when we're trying to reverse engineer our minds, when we're trying to reverse engineer our thoughts and our spirit, sometimes we have to reverse engineer how that works. And sometimes it's a matter of saying things with our lips so that it, that it informs our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so if I find myself saying, I get to do this, instead of I have to do this, you know, that starts changing my heart. Mm-hmm. And then it's easier to take that stance. It's easier to take that position that I get to do this. Today I was, um, it was a busy weekend for my business. We had you know, weddings on Friday and on Saturday and Sunday, we had uh, Christmas mini sessions with Santa. So it was a really full weekend. And then today I had to go back and then and clean everything up. Mm-hmm. And I was, oh, I was so crabby, Trish. I was like, like, I, I can't believe I'm doing this all by myself. I hate being a sole proprietor because it means you have to do everything by your soul. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. Just like everything <laughs> by yourself. And I was pressured. In fact, I was late coming here because you know what I mean? I just, it was, but I was thinking to myself, you know, 12 years ago, all you wanted was to be able to say, all I have to do is is take pictures. I get mm-hmm. to take pictures for a living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how great would that be? And now that I now that I'm doing it, I you know, because this is who we are. This is the human condition. Right. Right. Oh, I can't believe I have to do this all by myself. Right. But instead of saying I get to do this, like I get to do this, mm-hmm. you know, some other person that wants to be a photographer is stuck in a job that they hate, right? Because they don't know how to do right. it, or don't have the money to do it, or don't you know have the courage to do it, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. They're stuck at a job. I'm not stuck at a job, you know? So, you know, it was just really great to hear that because I feel like that's a thing where if we do everything with God's enthusiasm, even if we don't feel enthusiastic, but we, you know, but we, we find our enthusiasm in God, let him provide that. You know what I mean? Let him provide that enthusiasm because we're, everything we do, we are doing for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that I'm a Jesus person. And so they know that I'm a Jesus person that takes pictures. And so if I'm a crappy person while I'm taking pictures, they're like, oh, I guess that Jesus thinks that's so great. Right. Or if I'm mad or if I'm bitter or if, I'm, if I you know, do it halfway, they're really like, oh, mm-hmm. God's a Jesus person. This is how Jesus people do things. You know, but if I do everything for the glory of God, right, I know that none of it will be wasted, you know? Right, right. Because if, if, if we're, when we're doing our jobs, um, if we're caring for people, we're loving for people, we're being enthusiastic, um, people are, they're going to question if they don't know you're a Jesus person. What's what's different about that yeah. person? Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of funny because I stopped at Starbucks on the way. Can I say that on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know this lady at the drive-through. I mean, talk about. I mean, just a real happy person. Oh, oh how's your day going? Um, where are you? What are you doing? And I said. I said, well, I'm going to go over to the church that I go to and I get to participate in, in doing a podcast. And she was just like all about, <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, and I'm pulling her up, I'm pulling up the Spotify, yeah. uh, uh, the, the logo. And I'm like, yeah, it should be on, it should be on on Wednesday and stuff. And, you know, her infection 
infectious happiness and smile and I'm sharing with her what I'm going to go doing whereas maybe if I just gone through the drive-through um, I would have said thank you had a nice day and yeah. and just went on my way but she started asking questions and so I shared with her with what I was doing and I think to me that's that's a Jesus moment right there yep. because within just that five minute conversation seed might have been planted she might go check out that podcast right. maybe she doesn't know Jesus she she certainly has the the enthusiasm and the smile and the happiness um, so you just imagine that if she'd find Jesus um, if, if she doesn't know him what a level that could go to yep. so um, you know I want to be that person yep uh, and uh, you know, I don't want to be that person that shows up at my job. Oh, I'm here again. Is it Friday yet? Don't yep. you hear that on Monday? Yep. Is it Friday yet? Right. Um, I think for me personally, because of what I do um, for a living, not having having that taken away um, last March when school shut down and then all of a sudden, boom, you're home. And don't we always, when we're home or, or when we're getting up to work in the morning, we're like, man, I would just love some time off. But, oh, my gosh, once you get it, it's never as good as you think yep. it is. Yep. And then there, then there's all the other stuff that went all, um, went along with it. Um, so I think I, I appreciate what I've got more now, just having just these last eight or nine months be so different from what they normally are. Hmm. Um so when I do get to go in, I've got a gal that I'm working with right now. She's um, been training the last couple of weeks. She takes her road test on, on Wednesday. Um, it, it, it's just being appreciative that we're still, I'm still able to go in. And my days right now don't look like they normally do uh, when school is in session. But I am having some kind of schedule now. And... I love it and I appreciate it so much more than maybe what I did before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking while you were talking about how like you don't know. So Susie Starbucks, whatever her right. name is, right? Like you don't know where you, where you, what scene in her movie, mm-hmm. right? In her life that you walked in on. Mm-hmm. Like you have no idea. You know, I know what happened. You know, last year or two years ago or five years ago or this morning, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going to happen tonight or, you know, next week or a year from now, right? You have no idea where you came into their movie. Right. Right. But as if you're listening and you're a Jesus person, know that this is what Jesus is talking about when he says that, like, if you can just be loving, right? If you can just be loving and kind and caring mm-hmm. and considerate, like, you don't know where, where those people are coming from and what kind of positive influence that could have on them. And maybe it's nothing, right? Maybe right. it's like, whatever lady chew on whatever yeah, right? yeah like maybe maybe right. she was right but maybe she was like that's really sounds fascinating i can't right. believe a church has a podcast right right, right? And right. so again not this isn't about life churches this isn't about me it's not about you right it's all about pointing people to the life-giving message of jesus and that's what we're called to do if you're listening to this and you're a jesus person that's what we're called to do and are you doing that are you living your life in such a way that people are like oh my gosh mm-hmm. so every scene that you're walking into every stage that you're walking onto, right you don't know where people are coming from or what they just experienced. But if you can be a positive influence and you can be enthusiastic for God about the things that you're doing and the things that you are, the things that those people are to you or what you can be to that, like all that stuff, all that stuff Mm -hmm. is critical to make the most of it. Life's too short. This whole thing, you know, while it's not like a, you know, I don't know that it's, you know, like a tryout or an audition, but I, I don't know that it's a dress rehearsal either, that I feel like it's, like, this is the thing. What we're doing right now is the thing. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have time to ho- horse around anymore. So if you say that you're a Jesus person, and now that you can't go to church, which was in one way that you could, you know, declare your Jesusness, well, I go to church on Sundays, right? And now a lot of us can't do that, you know, which was kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, I guess, a facade anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you got to actually be a Jesus person by being Jesus. And so this is the best way that I know to do that. You know, just to be Jesus with skin on. Or, you know, Sonny says that sometimes. Also, yeah. Sometimes if you think about that too much, it gets creepy. <laughs> Did Jesus not have skin then? Because that's really weird. Anyway, because yeah. it makes me think of that thing that was at the museums, like the bodies. 
it was like they would have like real actual bodies where they had this, the skin off so you could see all their muscles yeah, and their yes, nerves and their yes. bones bodies and something anyway hmm. that's how I imagine Jesus now whenever I think of Jesus with skin <laughs> anyway forget I said that maybe I'll edit that part out but listen you just you have to be more Jesus in our community you have to be you have to be absolutely now Watch this spiritual enthusiasm. This isn't a feeling. This is born out of a deep devotion to God. David says to Goliath, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you've defied. But today, the Lord, he's going to deliver you into my hands. I'm going to strike you down. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. Guys, that enthusiasm wasn't born out of human strength. The odds, they were stacked against him. That enthusiasm was born en theos, David's confidence in God. I feel like I didn't, uh, the election is over. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, so I kind of want it to be over. Like I'm just, I'm done Mm -hmm. picking fights with everybody or watching people pick fights with others. I try not to pick too many fights. But like this, uh, this, this quote that Sean gives from David where, you know, David's like, wait, you're going to talk, you know, crap about my people, my nation, you know, and my God. And so I'm cutting you down, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut you down. I'm going to feed you to the vultures. You know what I mean? And so, yes, I love David's enthusiasm there because it doesn't come again, like from Sean said, from the perspective that he's like this big giant dude that's ready to kick someone's butt. He's this little tiny boy, you know? And so I love the enthusiasm we get from God, but I, I, um, I just want, like, I don't like how, because I get a little bit fired up when he says, I want to do all that so that people will know that there's a God in Israel, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like there's this militant part of our faith and there's this loving part of our faith. And I don't know that it's divided by the Testaments, the New Testament versus the Old Testament. But when I think about like how I want to get fired up because I want people to know that there's a God in Israel, that's different than saying that there's a God in America. Like I don't want, maybe, I'm probably way off book here, Trish. Just keep going, going with it. But I just feel like we've kind of, we've come at, kind of commandeered Jesus for our nationalism mm-hmm. and, and not even our nationalism, but like our politics. Right. Like somehow God belongs to a certain political party, right? Or that God belongs to America and not to anybody else. Or that America is one nation under God and that's the only nation under God, which isn't what God said at all. Mm-hmm. That that wanting people to know that there's a God in Israel is different than saying that wanting, you know, I'm going to beat you down and I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the vultures because you're, you're dis, uh, uh, dissing, disrespecting, you know, my God, mm-hmm. you're disrespecting me. We're disrespecting my people. You're disrespecting my God. Cause I don't feel like in this instance, like God doesn't need me to defend him. That in fact, what God's asking me to do is love them no matter what. And that's the point of this political place that I don't feel anyone's got a right leg to stand on. I feel like everyone's got it screwed up. I feel like both sides of the aisle, if there's only two, they both have it screwed up, you know, where they're both spewing hate and difference and divisiveness. They both are, you know? And then the one will look at the other one and say, oh, some party of love you are, some party mm-hmm. of inclusion you are, some party of whatever you are. And so, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, like, you know, so like, our question isn't HWJV, how would Jesus vote? Mm-hmm. The question is, what would Jesus do? And so, like, I don't know, did, like, I don't think Jesus had a right to vote. I don't think he's a Roman citizen not that you voted anyway i don't know anyway it's not important (laughs) but i don't think i don't think jesus was interested in politics i don't think so either and i i i to me this just reminds me of a conversation i had with a very good friend of mine she's a good friend of yours too and and i would say when it comes to the political things we're different yeah we can sit and have a conversation and um she you know i don't like this person because and I had to, what I said to her was, well, Jesus loves this person. Jesus loves this, forgives this person. 
just as much as he forgives you. And you can go on the token on the other side of it for, you know, the other person, yep. you know, Jesus loves them. Jesus died for them just the same. And it, it's kind of funny because her reaction was, I don't know if I like that. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that's the point right there is because we, we put um, politics can almost become the God in the room mm-hmm. that becomes above God. And we, we see these people as um, they're going to come help us. They're going to come save us. They're going to do this for us. They're going to do that for us. They're going to make everything in our lives better. When in reality, they're both, both of them are mere men who have faults mm-hmm. and you know and I think they both have good hearts I, I I honestly think both of them want to do good for America but they're also men um, and they have uh, hearts that can be corrupted easily yeah um, so I think the I think to me the more the question is is that we take these people that we um, as our elected officials, and we think that they're going to fix everything and make everything in our lives better. And we can almost put them above Jesus in our lives. Yeah. And I, I think to me, in my opinion, whether it's right or wrong, I think that's where all the, the strife comes. Because people, they want their guy. Yeah. Yeah. No guy or no guy and his team or woman, uh, right? Uh, are gonna are gonna change the world, like I, one guy did, right, mm-hmm. and and he he changed the world by dying for the world, mm-hmm. you know, and so like if you think that your guy losing means the world is over, or if you think that your guy winning means the world is saved, you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. That the world, in fact, will only change when we change. And we change not by who we vote for, not by who sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but in fact, who you are and who you are to the person that's sitting at this address right next to you, right? Or on the other side, or across the street, or behind you, right. or the guy that you pass on the street, or the guy that sits in the cubicle next to you that you haven't talked to since he started working there. Or that, even the person who doesn't believe in the same God that you believe in. Absolutely. That's where change happens, mm-hmm. right? And so it doesn't start with president so-and-so or vice president, whoever, right? It starts with you loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? And so not just your neighbor, your physical neighbor, but like everyone, whether they're a believer or not, whether they're, I don't know, whether they, whether they whatever or not. Right, right, yeah. Regardless. Anyway. Says one evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. And if you don't know what happens, all his boys are gone to war where he should be. He's probably bored. So he goes to his rooftop deck. He's sightseeing, probably looking at the stars. And he looks over and he sees a beautiful naked woman bathing on the roof of her house. And so he sends somebody to go get her. And one thing led to another. And he has an inappropriate relationship with her. He gets her pregnant. He panics. He sends for her husband to be brought back from the battle lines. He tries to convince her husband to have a relationship with her to, as the Bible says, lay with her, but he has too much integrity. He has too much character. He says no. And so David panics and he has her husband killed. Listen, because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He saw something he wasn't supposed to see. He thought something he wasn't supposed to think did something he wasn't supposed to do and took something he wasn't supposed to take all because he lost something he wasn't supposed to lose, his enthusiasm. He took his eyes off his calling and put them on his comfort. I read a, um, so um, when you, Pastor Sean and Rabbi Matt, did the, um, the podcast, the two pastors or rabbi and a pastor walk in yep. to a cultural crisis. Um, that kind of, there was something about Pastor Matt, or Rabbi Matt, I'm sorry, that um, he, he just, the stories he told mm-hmm. about Yeshua yes. just um, very intrigued me. Yes. His, his, his take on, um, on Jesus. And, you know, since I listened to them, I've kind of been in this uh, process of learning a little bit more about Jesus through the Middle Eastern yes. eyes. Yes, yep. And um, this one book that I read that was talking about this particular um, 
um, incident in David's life and how, you know, when I read this story, um, I read it like I'm watching a Disney movie and somebody's sneaking into the palace and nobody knows what's right. going on, right? right? So what, um, and, and, and that was one of those things, we fill in the blanks when we don't know yes. the, you know, uh, the whole, the, the, uh, the uh, what's what the word I'm looking for, the customs of the time, yep. so to speak. So um, one thing they were talking about how when David was in the palace, all the people that are around, they knew yeah. what was going on. David, David didn't hide anything from anybody. Um, and I, I find that so intriguing because he did his darndest to cover it up. Right. But yet everybody knew what was going on. Yeah. Because in those times, people didn't have like, you know, you can go to your you can go to your house and you can go to your office or whatever and you can shut the door and you have that privacy there right. and um in in the culture of that time you didn't have that privacy so everybody knew what your business was yeah yeah and it just amazes me that he did his darndest to try and cover that up that yeah. even like you when uriah came to the palace he already knew right what david had done right and he didn't. He didn't do what David wanted him to do. Yeah, it's because I, I feel like when we're, when you know Sean ends that about talking about how he lost sight of what he needed to, you know, keep his eyes on, which was his enthusiasm, who he was in God. So you know, uh, and so sometimes when we do that, and we're left to our own devices, we're only left with man-made devices. Right. And so. You know, none of those devices work out, right? So we, you know, when I think about like, I mean, his thing, right, was, um, you know, Bathsheba, Beersheba? Bathsheba. Right. So, like, that was his thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but we all have our things, oh, right? Yes. So for some of us, that's totally it. For some of us, it's, you know, we, you know, just need to get our wine on, right? Like, mm -hmm. I just, boy, it's been a week, you know, I know that I should, you know, know who I am in God, but like, I can't find my enthusiasm in that, so I'm just going to drown my you know, week, I'm mm -hmm. going to drown my week, you know, or I'm going to shop off my week or I'm going to even like, I'm going to go to the gym five times a day. Right. Or we, right. we all do these things where we have these man-made ways to try to make ourselves feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and the problem is, is that none of those, none of those ways, too many of those ways end up in a bad situation where we have to try to backtrack or we try to have to hide it. Or we right. try to have to like cover up or we try to try to right? They're, they're embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even like, even like I'm going to work too much, even that seems like, Oh yeah, well that how what bad can there be in that? But if you work too much, then you know, why are you taking yourself from your family? Are you taking mm -hmm. yourself from your friends? Are you taking yourself from you? Yeah. Right. Like you're are trying you to, getting the rest you need? Right. Are you getting the rest that you need? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so we're all chasing these things that when God's like, just find it in me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so David, you know, again, found himself at a place where he shouldn't have been doing something he shouldn't be doing, seeing stuff he shouldn't see, right? Trying to come up for stuff that he shouldn't have done, right? Because he didn't find himself in God. And that not, all God wants us to do is find ourselves in him, you know? And so that's what, it sounds simple and it is. It's just not always easy. Right. You know, it's much easier to grab a bottle of something or to take out your credit card or to find dirty pictures on the internet. Like it's just easier to do that. You know, it's much harder to find your enthusiasm in God, to find who you are in God, because it's a little bit more, I don't know, abstract, right? Right. But I think part of it too, is you have to decide, you have to decide to do that work and not, sometimes people don't want to do that work because yeah. it's easier to turn on the TV and binge watch whatever your current binge is, you know, and then seven hours later, what did you do? Yeah. And then you feel even crappier afterwards. Right. Um, sometimes it's it's harder to open up the Bible and, and read it. Uh, I, I for for me personally, I, I've I've had to find there's so many resources out there. Mm -hmm. There's I, I I guess to me there's there's no reason why you can't. It's it's that you you just have to you have to decide that you're going to do that. Yeah, sometimes, I, I mean, I can open up stuff too and, and I don't understand it. 
Um, but if I don't understand it, well, I can go find somebody who maybe does. Yeah. And then, hey, let's go have coffee. Um, I read this in the Bible. I'm not too sure about it. Let's go have a conversation about it. Wow. That's the connection right there. Yeah. And that's that's that person that you're you're having coffee with, you know, they're connecting with you and you're sharing your ideas um, and your love for Jesus and 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 both growing together. Yeah. I mean, and that leaves you f- feeling when you we end that conversation and you go back to your house and they go back to their house, you feel like you're walking on air because it, there was such a connection because Jesus was part of that conversation and you learned something. Yeah. We don't always feel good when we sit and binge watch something or, right. or you know, there's a bunch of empty bottles right. sitting on the coffee table when we wake up in the morning. Right, right. So we have to decide that we're going to put the effort in. And, and and spend that time with Jesus. Um, some of my favorite ways I like to, uh, you know, Lifeway is a, it's like a woman's ministry. They have all these workbooks and they'll have like the online Bible studies and you watch the video and then you've got like five days of workbooks or five, mm, five yeah. days of, of work to do. Um, to me, I love doing that. And I was never a person in school who liked homework and stuff like that. (laughs) I didn't like, I I, I didn't. It was like, oh, just get this done and over with so I can go do something. Um, But I found for me, um, this is what works. And it keeps me with God, walking with him every day. Uh, That way I'm going in the direction I need to be, not falling away. And I mean, I get on Netflix and I watch it too, but I, I make sure I set aside that time every day to be with God. Because if you don't, it gets easier and easier to say, well, I'll skip today. And then, well, tomorrow I'll skip tomorrow. And then before you know it, you've walked away from that time and you've put other things in front of you that are not always good things. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's a choice that we have to make and we have to decide that we're going to do it and then we have to do it. And we can't let the naysayers around us discourage us. Um, and e- even in that, you can pull in a bunch of ladies that you know and have a group at your house. And so, yeah, and it's, it's, it's churches and always a building. And I know we've been talking about that, um, you know, through... Uh, the sermons and, and the podcasts and everything. Um, I, th- I think it's, if anything, these last eight months has been, this is where the rubber meets the road. You're either going to do it or you're depending on somebody to do it for you. Yeah. And you have to be in that place where you're going to do it for you to further along your Jesus journey. Um, when you're new, yes, you need people to carry you. But at some point, you have to say, I'm going to do this myself. I have to be so into this and, and, and enthusiastic about going in every day and spending that time and growing. And it's to me, like I said, I listened to that, that podcast. And then I did one of these uh, Lifeway uh, uh, book studies, and it was called Jesus and Women. And it was all about getting to know Jesus in... Um, the first century. Hmm. And then I picked up a book. It was called Reading the Bible Through, uh, I think, Middle Eastern Eyes. Mm-hmm. So talking about all these cultural. And so now I'm reading um, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Um, I think it's Dr. Kenneth Bailey. So sometimes I, I, I get into this book and I'm like, boy, this book is way smarter than me. <laughs> I'm like, this has got to be like a college book. Um, but it's so interesting. And it's like seeing Jesus in a new way. And I, I just love how just like one podcast can lead me to yeah. all these discoveries, all this new way of, of getting to know Jesus, how Jesus treated women, um, you know, uh, just what the cultures was. We talked about that earlier where, you know, there was no privacy there. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just love it. I, that gets me excited because I see the pieces 
falling into place, how it's just leading me further and further with information that at this time in my Jesus journey is good information for me to have because I'm growing. I, I, I call it walking up that next step. Hmm. Yeah. And that's how I feel about it. Just learning all these things. I'm walking up that next step and there'll be other things. And then I go up another step. Yep. Yeah. So stuff that you can't even see from the stuff that you're on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, that gets me really enthusiastic. I, I, to, I just love it. It That's makes cool. me excited. Yep. <laughs> but when you put them on your calling, you're going to walk into your house at the end of the day and let your entheos, the God in you, change the atmosphere of that house. When you put your eyes on your calling, you're going to walk up to your wife, plant a big kiss on her and tell her, baby, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love you with all my heart, which fair warning, the first time you do, she might ask you how much you've been drinking. But the second or third, fourth or fifth time you do it, something's going to start happening in your marriage. When you put your eyes on your calling, something different's going to start happening at your job. You're going to stop doing it for a paycheck and start doing it for Jesus. And when you start doing it for Jesus, stuff's going to start to click. Stuff's going to start to change. It's going to start to come together. When you start to work enthusiastically, not for yourself, not for your name or your glory, but for his name, and his glory. I feel like we've talked on this podcast and probably just about every other podcast a lot, as you said, in the last, you know, eight months since COVID about how no one would be surprised if you came out of COVID differently. If mm -hmm. you took this opportunity to make yourself better mm -hmm. or if you let yourself give in to the opportunity to make yourself worse, I guess. So like, but this idea of just trying to be a different or a better version of yourself, I mean, what a great time to do that mm -hmm. because it wouldn't be a shock to anybody. You know, like if you've been away from work or working from home and like, like, Let's back up. Let's say before COVID, you wanted to change. You wanted to change who you were. Mm -hmm. like you wanted to not be negative Nelly all the time. You wanted to not be Danny, the dirty joke guy. If you wanted to not be whatever, mm -hmm. right? If you just wanted to be different, you couldn't really do that in the past without people being like, what's up with you? Mm -hmm. You know, rah, 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 right? And so, but like in COVID, because life is so changed, what a great opportunity to say, I didn't like who I was. I'm going to reinvent myself. So when I do go back to work or when I do go back to school or even, you know, at home with my spouse or my kids, you know, there's just a lot of time for me just to reflect on who I am or what I didn't like about me, and I'm going to change it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I love what Sean said about, like, if you're not the kind of person that tells your wife, baby, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me, and kiss her, like, if that's not who you are, start being that person. Right. Why were you not being that person? Because that's how your dad was to your mom? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to do. That's a journey to wholeness kind of thing. Absolutely. Where we see what's been modeled for us and we think that that's acceptable mm -hmm. when in fact your mom isn't your wife. And so your wife needs something something different from your mom needed from your dad because you're not your, your dad either, right? And so like there's all these things, the circumstances are different. You know, like one size does not fit all when it comes to how we interact with our interpersonal relationships and so to think that we could just model what our parents did or what our best friend did or what my older brother did or what it, we can't do that and so when that applies to how we treat our family or when it treat, applies to how we behave in front of other people if you're not happy with who you were or what you're representing or the track that you were on what a great time to say that's it i'm mm -hmm. stopping now i'm going to do it this other way and no one's going to blame you no one's going to question you no one's going to be and is anyone really going to say, why are you all so positive now? I like old negative Nelly better. I like dirty joke Dan better. I like, right. <laughs> you know, and if there was a guy that likes dirty Dan joke better, like, is that really the guy that you want whose opinion of you matters? Mm -hmm. You know, don't you want someone whose opinion of you to matter that's someone that's like a good dude or a good chick? Like, I mean, aren't those the people that, you know, and I feel like that's, if we're living out this in theos, if we're living out the way God wants us to be or how God created us to be or to chase after God's heart, that looks like someone that people admire. Like, don't you want to be someone that people admire or someone that people like, not admire like in a proud way, but just like, I don't know, that they're uh, attracted to. Again, not mm -hmm. in a gross way. Well, be no, around. because you can be um, at work and everybody is in the break room. And if you're that person who's the negative, the dirty joke teller, are you in the past? Did you find that people didn't sit at your table? Yep. Um, I, I mean, I, I you, sometimes people have to make that choice. I don't want to be around this guy. Yeah. 
So in this time that we've had, maybe you haven't been working at, uh, like you said, um, at work, you're at working at home and you come back and all of a sudden you're that, that, that nice person. And then I think the nice, the nice thing is that during that time, because what happens when we go to change ourselves, people come at us because they don't like it when we decide that we are going to change. Um, because that disrupts their right. comfort. So what a perfect time to, to take that, to be that different person, to treat your wife better, treat your husband better, treat your kids better, and then translate that into your coworkers when you come back together to work and be known for somebody who is good to be around with, somebody yes. that I can talk to, not that person. I, we you don't want to be that dirty, dirty joke person. Yep. We don't right. like them. <laughs> yeah, right. And I just feel like people like to be around people that make them feel good. Right. And so, I mean, the easiest way to make that is just, you know, to be enthusiastic and complimentary and mm-hmm. giving and kind and charitable. Like those are the easy things to mm-hmm. do. But people just like to be around those people. People feel good. And when, it, like your experience at the Starbucks, right? Like you mm-hmm. felt good about who the lady was, right? And right. So, and, and so like that put a bounce in your step, mm-hmm. right? And so now that bounce will like affect somebody else, right? So the next interaction you have with someone, like maybe you're all bouncy and then they're bouncy. And right. then, you know, and then that's how we get rid of the ugliness. One little bouncy at yeah, a time. We're all bouncing. Isn't right. that a beautiful picture? We're all yes. our, you, you remember those little round? Yes. Yeah, you I don't did even, one with a ring or one with a horse head. Yes, yes. And we, that that's the image I just got. <laughs> you talk, we're what all. What those called? I don't remember, but I remember having one as a kid. Oh my mm. gosh. Anyway. I'll know it for next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's our cliffhanger for this episode. (laughs) I'll chew on that. Join us next time, and we'll tell you the name of that. Oh, I can only... Romper. Nope. I feel like there was a romper in it, but I don't think there was. I got a picture of me somewhere of me sitting on one. Really? Yeah, yeah. What was that called? I don't know. Because you could get it with a horse head, and you could get it with just a ring. Yeah, yeah. Oh my or a God. handle. No, the handle was on the horse head. Anyway, it's not yeah. important. <laughs> what was important is you joined us for this episode of Chewing That. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you felt like uh, any of the things that we talked about, this could be beneficial to someone you know and love. Hey, share this link with them, and they can find it on all their favorite uh, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, play it's uh, it's everywhere and so we'd love it if you um, shared it subscribe to it uh, if you can help um, support our podcast you can visit uh, lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give and just select I would like to support podcast uh, just to help us um, uh, produce these because we really love them there's this there's the whole podcast there's cheery conversations there's uh, at home with the Hennessy's there's Sean's messages there's a there's like like almost a dozen, I think, uh, different podcasts. And so there's a bunch of ways that we want to encourage you uh, to help bring the life-giving message of Jesus to your life. And so uh, thanks for joining us. Trish, thanks for being here. Hope you can come back again. Oh, I would love to. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. All right, see you guys (laughs) next time. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 